0: The other one, and this is what I live and breathe by, is self-compassion. Self-compassion times a thousand. There's no perfect way to unlearn diet culture. There's no perfect way to eat. There's no perfect way to show up. There's no perfect way to be in the world.
1: Welcome back to I'm Trying the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Fichels, and it's a pleasure as always to have you here listening. I'm coming at you today with a rather janky recording setup, if I must say so myself. I made the fatal mistake of starting my dishwasher before I had to record these intros, and let's just say the clanking of dishes and swirling and whirring of water is not necessarily the backdrop and ASMR style I want for this introduction. So here I am, balancing everything on the edge of my bed, trying to get as far away from the noise as possible, while also keeping the cats far away from all of my expensive equipment currently. So that being said though, I'm so excited to introduce today's guest, Lauren of Live As You Wellness. She and I have been connected for probably a couple years now and I truly don't know why it took so long for me to ask her on the show. Sometimes I just get in a weird like mental mindset of, oh they don't know me enough and I need to you know, like I I need to kind of show them that it's worthwhile to come on the show, blah, blah, blah. But she heard me talking on Instagram stories about my curiosity exploring the realm of getting diagnosed or evaluated more so for adult ADHD. And she said, hey, this is something I've experienced. It's something I live with. And she is very much so aligned in terms of eating disorder recovery, intuitive living, all of that. And so I said, Let's record and let's record as soon as you are able to. (laughs) I was so excited for this episode, not only to record it for myself, but also for you all to listen as well. I just, we, A, we just vibed very well. Our energies definitely were, were tuned into each other. And then B, it's just so full of information. We talk about so many different aspects and topics in here from ADHD and mental health to eating disorder, recovery, intuitive living, general life advice. I mean, I truly think some part of this episode could relate to just about anyone or just about anyone that listens to this podcast in particular. So definitely give it give it a try, give it a listen. And if you have any takeaways, further questions, curiosities, etc, Either of us would love to connect with you. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels and Lauren is on there at Live As You Wellness. I'll have them both linked below. But definitely be sure to check them out. And she also is doing just a ton of neat stuff. Uh, she also has a lot of neat offerings as well for virtual work. And I just can't recommend her and her sunshine spirit self enough. Um, but I do want to say with that as with everybody she is a human being and so she does talk about struggles and hard times in this episode as well so if you're feeling toxic positivity vibes trust me that is not happening here (laughs) this is a place for real conversations and that includes sometimes the not so fun hard low times so stay tuned listen and if the episode resonates at all Any support is truly appreciated. You can share it on Instagram, share with a friend, leave a rate and review. These are just small ways that you can really support the show and all of the work that goes into producing and creating it for y'all. So definitely do those if you're able to. But I'll wrap it up there and let this episode get started. So without further ado, let's dive in. Um, I guess overall, how are you? How are things like? How are you doing?
0: You said okay, but... Yeah, doing okay. I mean, currently going through a little bit of a chronic illness flare up, but you know, I've got you. been dealing with this for like the last year and a half, so I've got my tools pretty down. But I'm just like taking it pretty easy. This is literally the only thing on my schedule today, so yeah. <laughs> taking it pretty easy. But yeah, it's a really exciting transitional season of life. I plan on opening my therapy practice next month, so yeah, the next like couple oh. weeks are me like meeting with my accountant and like meeting with my supervisor and like getting the infrastructure set up. And hopefully I'll be able to start taking on clients like towards the end of the month and I'm done with school. So like a lot happened and a lot is happening. So I'm in this like massive transition phase. So it's kind of like, I don't know what's up or down right now. And part of that's really fun. Another part of that is really disorienting. So yeah, it's, Been a lot, but exciting stuff overall. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say definitely sounds like a lot, but also so exciting. I'm sure it probably feels like those moments when like the piece of the puzzle finally come together and you're like, ah, that's what this was all for. (laughs) That's what the the hard times were for, is to to get to this moment. So uh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Yeah, it is really exciting, and I'm hoping that you know, things will just keep getting more exciting and new opportunities will present themselves. And I will really, eventually, I don't quite feel it yet, but eventually feel like, yeah, this is what this was all for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still in the works. We love, we
1: love. Well, that's very lined. I mean, we can jump right into things, but I was going to ask you, like, how would you describe this current season of life? And that right there, I mean, maybe, I'm sure maybe there's more and you can share more too, but it does sound like for you at least, and I feel like a lot of people, it's like a transitional season right now. There's like breakups, leaving jobs, transitioning jobs, starting like grand new in divers. Like, I don't know if it's just like all this collective energy coming to fruition after like the past two years or what, but like, I swear everyone I talk to, I'm just like, whether it's something that feels a little bit hard for them, or it's like a very like fun yay thing. I'm just like, congratulations. Like you're doing the thing you're, you're getting through it. So um, yeah, I guess if there is anything else going on in this season of life, would love to hear about it, but otherwise, yeah, that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I would say that's the main thing, but I just think it's so funny that you said that, like, yeah, recently left a relationship, exploring my sexuality, like exploring who I am. I think to put us on topic, I guess, like getting diagnosed with ADHD within the last two years was a huge jumpstart to like really diving into who I am and what I want out of life. And yeah, the ramifications of that positive, negative, neutral all around have been have been, yeah, coming out and happening for me. So yeah, it's been quite the adventure.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, let's dive into that. And also, I love the fact that you you were using um, neutral as like a descriptor word. And I'm sure we can talk about that a bit later when we discuss like wellness, food, stuff like that as well. But sticking with the ADHD theme for those um, that maybe don't like follow you and or me on Instagram, um, this conversation really like came to spark because I shared how I'm looking to get evaluated for adult like ADHD. And it's something I've had in the back of my mind for years now. And, but I never thought like it could be me. And then um, I've created a lot of space lately where as my therapist put, I'm no longer in this like hyperactive over-functioning state 24 seven. So my brain and body are allowing a lot of things to process finally. And that's why I'm finally experiencing what to me seems very, very, you know, maybe aligned with ADHD. And you replied to my story when I shared saying that you had this experience. So I'd love to hear like what, what happened essentially, like, were you ever thinking about it? Did it kind of like hit you out of the blue? What was the diagnosis like, you know, process like, um, and then we can kind of go into like life with it now, but yeah, I would just love to hear your experience with it because it's
0: not talked about nearly enough in this regard. No, not at all, which is exactly why. Like, I actually had no clue. I, ADHD was not on my radar at all whatsoever. Um, it, the way it came about was actually really funny for years and years and years. I've been in therapy forever, like since I was a kid. Like, therapy's great. We love it. We do. Um, and in the past, I had brought up this silly little thing to one of my previous therapists. Like, I don't remember exactly how I phrased it, but I said something like, you know, I really like forget things a lot and I really struggle with cleaning my room. That's what I would always say to these therapists. I was like, I really struggle with cleaning my room. Like my mom always tells me to start in one corner and I just can't do that. Like I start in one corner and then I end up in the kitchen and then I end up in the bathroom and then I end up. And so that's what I have described to previous therapists. And they usually just kind of like blow it up. They're like, Oh, how silly, like disorganized. And I brought up to another therapist. I was like, I think I have memory issues. Like I can't remember things. And she speaking of wellness and stuff, we can go down that path. She was just she was like, Oh, go see a naturopath. They can prescribe like a supplement for memory or something like that. I was like, okay, whatever. And it wasn't until the therapist I had in 2020, I think I just ran out of stuff to say in our session. It was like 10 minutes till the end. And I was like, you know, this is something that I brought up to a bunch of therapists in the past. And like, I haven't really figured it out um, but I don't know how to clean my room. <laughs> and I told this and I kind of gave her the same spiel. And I just moved into my first like big girl apartment. And I was like, I don't know how to like clean my apartment, clean my room. It just doesn't make sense. I can't keep it up. And when I do, like this is what happens. And like in the last five minutes of our session, she was like, Well, have you ever thought about ADHD? And I was like, No, like I'm not hyper, like I don't like shuffle in my seat or whatever. In, like, I'm not really a disruptive person. I'm generally a people pleaser and a rule follower. Like, you know, I, so I've never thought about that. And, uh, she ended up taking me through a little mini like self-assessment specifically for inattentive type ADHD, which like I didn't know was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it just fit me to a T and I was absolutely mind blown. And I got off that therapy session it was virtual and it was over the phone and I like hung up the phone and I just started crying because I was like holy crap this has impacted my life in such a severe way for so long and most of these symptoms I had no idea were ADHD including things like feeling really sensitive to the world around me and being really emotionally reactive and as a kid and having such strong emotions and having that never be fully understood or seen or accepted I like my whole world was basically flipped upside down. Um, so that's how I, the ball got rolling. And from there I sought out someone to officially, you know, test me and diagnose me and pursue medication that has helped a lot. But even to this day, like I'm uncovering new stones and new tools and new systems to help me live my life. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing. And I mean, starting with what
1: you began with, right. The, the stereotypical signs and whatnot of ADHD that you were saying, Oh, I don't have those. And from what I've seen, it's that there is this difference when it comes to ADHD, when it's, you know, kind of portrayed in the media and society as what manifests in like male, right. And the male body, and it is those like outwardly ways. And it's the same reason why I never truly thought I could have it. And then I randomly listened to a podcast from a psychiatrist who also has ADHD and she's a woman. And she explained that this, like, what did you say? Intent- in- inattentive or?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inattentive type. Yes.
1: Or whether it was that, or just like the way it manifests in like females and women is so drastically, it's internalized. It's not like this yep. internalized experience. And she starts listing these experiences and she starts listing like these, these, you know, like kind of like self-assessment idea type thing. And I was like, oh, no one has ever understood my mind in this way. And even like, to the point of you saying, like being like highly emotional to the world around you, I'm talking like, not like you're an empath. This is like, I, it's like, it's hard to put it into even words, right. Unless like the way this woman was explaining it. And it's like this emotional sensitivity to like the slightest, like different of words and physical characteristics and like overstimulation and, I mean, I know for me, a big thing that registered with me was listening to this um, part of the podcast on like the frustrations aspects Mm -hmm. of like having ADHD. And I've always struggled with extreme, like frustration, emotional reactivity, and I've always like thought like, I'm just a hothead. I'm just angry. Like my dad always was, but I'm not like, I'm not an angry person. Somebody drop a tray full of glasses right on my feet and I'd have to clean up the whole mess and I will not get angry. I will be like, Oh dude, you're fine. Like you're fine. I don't get angry. But I get frustrated. I emotionally react. Like, oh, I could go on and on. But yeah, I'm just curious for you when it came to the medication part. This is where I already feel like this struggle and pull in me because there is that world of wellness and there is the world of health and naturopath, and everything has its benefits, right? But everything also has its downfalls, it has its extremes. And there's so much out there when it comes to medication. And whether that's with, anxiety, depression, physical ailments, whatever it is. So did any part of you kind of feel this hesitation to start medication? um, Or was there a time when maybe you would have been that way? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts when it came to that, that step of the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ask me like, I don't know, five to seven years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. Like give me all the natural tinctures and potions and everything like that. Like absolutely would not touch medication. Um, but since it was 2020 and I'd come a long way since then, I absolutely was open to it. Even to this day though, like I find myself enjoying a balance okay. of all enjoying a balance of I have the privilege and I have the access to naturopathic practitioners, which I still continue to see. And I have my psychiatrist and my MD doctor who prescribes my medications. And one thing that really helped me was to understand that taking ADHD medication isn't meant to be a fix-all and it's not like, it's just straight up, not a fix-all. There are still a lot of things that medication does not help with, which is why approaching ADHD from, I know this is kind of a silly buzzword slash wellness lifestyle trigger word, but like hope from a holistic lens yeah. Um, to me it has been really helpful and really important because if I said, all right, I'm going to take this medication. And if I don't feel like it's working, I'm just going to up my dose and hope that it works like that ultimately would not have served me. I currently try to take the lowest dose possible while knowing that it also has changed my life in terms of being able to simply function, get things done um, not feel chronically overwhelmed, which is the word I would use to describe like my pre-diagnosed self would be chronically overwhelmed. Um, so it's done wonders for me. And I still take one day off a week because I want to make sure that my tolerance does stay low so that I can continue to take the lowest dose possible. Um, because, you know, I don't want to be reliant on it. I want to be able to still experience my brain and it's full spectrum of brainliness, you know, at least once a week. And usually that'll be like a Saturday where I don't have to get a lot done or, or something like that. So that's the balance that I personally have struck knowing that, you know, it could be different for anyone, but that's just for me.
1: A hundred percent. And I think that is an important aspect as well, because as with, I said before, everything has its highs, everything has its lows. And there are definitely like fun highs to having a brain that's like mine and probably like yours as well. You know what I mean? Like it. It's just everybody's brains can reach different spectrums. And yeah, I mean, I think that is like the neat thing is finding what works for you so that you just feel like you're functioning in life. And I, that feeling of chronic overwhelm is just unlike much else. It's absolutely unreal. Um, so I am curious on that note, what what was your mind? What was life like before finding this out, before starting to find like your groove with medication and lifestyle changes, I'm sure as well? Like if you have an example or just like a way to explain maybe like how you went about business and maybe, or how you felt in relationships, whatever it was without the knowledge of how your brain is, you know, working versus like how you interact in that scenario or situation now that you have a bit more understanding and probably like compassion for how your brain works and processes things.
0: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting when I was diagnosed I thought for like a split second, like, wow, everything makes sense and things will get easier. But I would actually say that since being diagnosed and knowing what's ADHD and like what's not quote unquote normal has almost increased frustration in some ways, but also has sparked so much healing and inner healing in myself and inner acceptance in myself. Because before I was diagnosed, I thought everyone was like this. And I was like, I just have to figure it out. I just have to power through. I just have to, you know, these things are happening to me. I'm having these experiences. Like I procrastinate my schoolwork. I have to end up, you know, staying up all night or waking up at 3 a.m. to get this assignment done. Like, oh, that's just the college grind. (laughs) Like I am emotionally reactive. Like, oh, that's just because I'm a sensitive person and I just have to deal with it. Maybe therapy will help. Like, you know, all of these things I thought were normal. And I thought that I just had to push through them and that's how it was. And so when I was diagnosed, And as I go through life now, like even yesterday, there was a moment where I was trying to get something done and all these little things were happening, little things because I forgot something or um, I got distracted and I I was so self-aware that, oh, this is my ADHD acting up, like this is why this is happening. and almost makes that frustration worse. And I can also be self-aware enough to be like, okay, it's making it worse in this moment because I know why this is happening. And I can take a deep breath and realize this is not my fault. This is not a character flaw. This is just something that's happening, and I have tools to deal with it because before I didn't have tools to deal with it. So it's a trade-off in that way, I would say, but I much prefer being where I am now than where I was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's that's the aspect, right? Because
1: with knowledge, sometimes sometimes that's why we want to stay naive and sometimes that's why we don't want to know things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you're willing to, like, do the work, quote unquote, slash, be compassionate, slash, you know, just be open to knowing that, you know, just because, I don't know, like you can find a power of knowledge too. So I, I love, I love that mindset there of, I don't know, trying to find like a bit of both with it. Um, I am curious, that being said, how you, so you also have your passive wellness, right? And I, mm-hmm. I want to touch a bit on that because yeah. you help people with intuitive eating. Like I've, loved like your content from when I first found you here and there with like food freedom and binge eating and all these different aspects that you touch on do you think now that you know this that ADHD had any impact on that journey for you and if so like can you walk us through what that looked like because I think it's it's so interesting when you start to look at like when you start to understand that oftentimes these issues and struggles we have with food, body image, diet culture, et cetera. It's not, it's not about the body or the food ultimately, right? Like it's, it's some core thing we're struggling with. Um, You know, and it's different for everybody. It can stem from different things. And I always find it fascinating when people later in life discover they have something else going on mentally, emotionally as well. And it's like, ah, so maybe that's part of what fueled that fire. So what did that look like for you? What have you sort of like, reflected on since then. Um, I'd just be curious to hear about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll just say like, talk about hyperfixation. Like that's <laughs> something that we talk about a lot with ADHD. Uh, yeah. And I would say when I first started getting into wellness, spirituality, um, that whole realm of the world, I had to do it all. Like I couldn't just like dip a toe in. Like I had to, I had to know all the things I had to do all the things I uh, had to have, not just like, Oh, I'm going to integrate meditation into my life. It's like, no, I'm going to have, I'm going to do every spiritual practice there is that exists. I bought a book that listed, like, I think it was called like some, it was some kind of like dictionary of like spiritual practices. And I'm like, I need to integrate all of these things. I need to learn about them all. I need to integrate them all. And when it came to diets and like wellness diets, I was like, I need to find the healthiest diet. I was like, I'm gonna be like the most wellnessy wellness person there ever damn was. Like I need to go all in on this. And so I would just research and research and research and became so hyper fixated on nutrition and wellness and lifestyle changes and all the things. Um and it destroyed me, right? Like I learned like, oh, there is no one way of eating that is quote unquote, the healthiest. And I mean, I didn't know that at the time I thought there was. And so I would just go down these like research rabbit holes. And I would feel so talk about chronically overwhelmed, then too, I would just be so overwhelmed with all the information I was getting and trying to figure it all out, it would just consume my days. And I would um, take up all of these practices And I would change my diet like every week because I'd discover something new and be like, oh no, I'm not doing it right. I have to do it this way. Oh, I'm not doing it right. I have to do it this way. Uh, And so that would be the first way that I could tell that ADHD really impacted my journey with health, wellness, spirituality, you name it. And then also tying that up with uh, my struggles with binge eating, uh, that I can almost directly relate it to, not completely, but almost directly relate it to Executive dysfunction and coming home from work and my brain just being tapped out, burnt out. I knew I needed to go to bed, but I felt a lot of ADHDers would like talk about this feeling of like being stuck or like physically like paralyzed. Like you're scrolling on your phone, and you're like screaming to yourself in your head, like get off the couch, stop scrolling, like go like go to bed, do the things that you want slash are supposed to do. That would me that would be me with food. I'd sit down and be like, I'm just gonna have a dessert to unwind. And then I'd be in the kitchen rummaging through my pantry for like three hours, just wanting to continue eating because I just could not fathom doing anything else. Um, Of course, you know, restriction played a huge role there, which we can get into as well. But um, that is another thing that I could tell them ADHD was impacting and I had no idea.
1: You said that last part there was executive decision as if like your brain tapped out, eating became like the most comforting, easy thing to do. So that's
0: like all you could just find yourself doing then. Exactly. It's the same thing as like, it's the cleaning my room situation. Executive dysfunction is where you can't execute the processes that you want to be doing like I want to start in this corner of my room and just organize my closet but my executive dysfunction makes it so that if I find a hair tie on the floor of my closet I have to take it to the bathroom and then organize my scrunchy drawer and so for me it was like oh I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna eat this brownie and then I'm gonna put some ice cream on top and then I'm done with this and my brain can't be like okay we're gonna move on to the next task it's gonna be like no what else do I have in my fridge oh I don't have a dessert I'm gonna like bake a cake at 10 PM, just so I can eat it. Like <laughs> all the, yeah. like, I can't, it's, it's the step-by-step, like what's logically next, like doesn't happen.
1: I'm just like smiling right now. Not because this is a great conversation. I mean, not, because, it's not <laughs> a topic, but, like, because this is just me and I've never, like, I've literally just never, like, like you said, you think everybody else does this until you start talking with somebody and they're like, no, like you just do it. And I'm like, no, like I want to do it. You don't even know how badly I want to do this. I just can't do it. Like my brain, it's that paralysis. It's that like immobility. It's the trying to clean literally like your desk. And then you end up cleaning five random parts of the apartment and then ordering a bunch of shit that you don't actually need, but you you kind of think you need, but then you're like, I don't have the money for that. And then it's like, oh my Lord. I just like, I, yeah. So I'm resonating with this immensely, but that's interesting. I never thought of it that way with like the binge Mm -hmm. food. Um, I'm also relating it now to like, I know before there was a lot of times where I'd try to stop myself from, um, these like kind of binge modes I'd get in same thing after a long day, after work, whatever I'd come home, literally just want to go to sleep and then find myself like three course meal, whatever it was. Um, and then there got to a point where I started replacing that with like binge TV. And I would literally just stay up for like till three in the morning, binge watching TV, which for some people could be a norm perfectly normal maybe that's something they enjoy doing for me though it was always that same feeling of like i'm sitting there watching it being like go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep like yet not being able to stop and then hating myself the next day like such a cycle to get into but that's interesting i never knew executive decision like i never knew how to explain it describe it and i mean i'm sure even if somebody's not struggling with adhd or any other sort of like condition situation going on even knowing that like this is maybe a phenomenon that can happen in different ways to different people's brains in which like you are just mentally tapped out right like you could just label it as like call it that you are mentally tapped out and so you'll you're going to these things that feel comforting and easy and for some people that's food for others it's tv other like there's so many things that could get into um but yeah I would like to talk more about you said before like when it came to the binge and the restrict and like this entire like Probably cycle you found yourself getting caught up on when came the moment when you said enough is enough I want to I want to be free of this
0: yeah it was it took a while because my hyperfixation with wellness culture is what caused my restriction because I was cutting out major food groups that I thought were unhealthy which then would perpetuate my binge eating which was also fueled by that executive dysfunction um And I was just so miserable. There were so many moments where I was like, enough is enough, but I didn't know what else to do. I was still so like convinced that, and I, and you know, the wellness industry and culture is so enticing because it's so beautiful, right? It's so like, wow, I want my life to look like that. I want my life to feel like that. Like for me at that point in time, not always, but at that point in time, I was like, it's not really about weight loss. It's not really about like my physical appearance. It's about what I want my life to look and feel like. And with ADHD, like not to be a downer, but like, that's just not really possible. Like (laughs) wellness culture is a very neurotypical, like, especially like a lot of the classic self-help advice right out there is so neurotypical and just not meant for people with ADHD. And, you know, I blamed myself. I blamed my willpower. I thought I was broken. I was like, why can't I not achieve this like blissful beautiful, easeful life that like all of these people are telling me I can have if I just meditated long enough and ate clean enough. Um, so at some point I was like, there's gotta be something else. And I just happened to, I don't, the Instagram algorithm worked in my dang favor, I guess. I must've just been Googling like how to stop binge eating enough and eventually came across some intuitive eating account that I don't think exists anymore, sadly enough, but I came across an intuitive eating account and that was the first time that the idea that restriction fuels binge eating like ever came to me. Like I ever, I ever learned about, I was like, holy crap. My mind was blown <laughs> at that moment. I was like, restriction leads to binge eating. So all these food groups that I'm cutting out are actually causing me to binge on these things more. And at this point, I had no idea I had ADHD. So like the executive dysfunction and everything like that I had did not know about until at least four years after this. But that absolutely blew my mind, and I would actually say from that point on, my ADHD worked in my favor because I was so fascinated with intuitive eating that I went down that wormhole, and I was like, I'm going to learn everything I can about intuitive eating. I'm going to learn everything I can about, and then I eventually learned about health at every size, and I learned everything I can about health health at every size, uh, which ultimately led me to fat liberation and body liberation um, spaces online, and I wanted to learn everything about that, and then all of a sudden I was just like full-blown body liberation activist, pra- trying to practice intuitive eating, healing my relationship with food. And it wasn't about me anymore. It wasn't about trying to make my personal little life, like look this beautiful, perfect wellnessy way. I'm like, there are people out here with marginalized identities being discriminated against based on their, their body size, their skin color, their sexuality. I was like, this is really important. We need to be talking about this. Um, and. Through that is how I ultimately healed my relationship with food, uh, because I just became so passionate. I was like, I can't be preaching like this, you know. This new, your life needs to look like this beautiful, whitewashed. Um, meditate every day. It's like people are out here not getting proper healthcare. Like, what is happening? Uh, so I would say that's it was kind of serendipitous how I came upon um, my healing and that aha moment that I had. Gotcha. No, I love that's.
1: I mean, you're essentially, I've said this before and other people have said this before, but when it comes to whether it's an eating disorder, disordered eating, just diet culture, it's it can be a very selfish experience. And I'm not saying that like against anyone or, I mean, I it's myself as well, but you are very like, it is essentially about you right in your body. And there's nothing wrong with prioritizing yourself, taking care of yourself. But as you said, yeah. when you start to realize like, what else is happening or where all this all leads to, whatever it is, like when you can take the aspect of health and wellness outside of just hyper-focusing on yourself, because mm-hmm. people that are, you know, have just not the normal is even a good descriptor, but just a baseline brain function, whatever, they yeah. too can hyper-focus on certain things. Mm-hmm. And, um, so even like finding whatever it is to help you get out of that hyper-focus, hyper-fixation on your body, how you look, wellness, whatever that like, you know, that little like smidgen of diet culture is in your brain or overload of it is, it's just like, that's so important. And for you to like find it through that channel, it, like, I can only imagine that like help get you out of there as well. Um, I guess like for those, those listening that are feeling very similar, right? Like they, they find themselves going down the rabbit hole, they find themselves like obsessing and not being able to just like, live live life, right? Like th- this is always on their mind. It's always on them. I guess like what are two or three tips you have? And I mean, these, this could be for when it comes to binge eating, this would come to body image struggles, um, like reframing the voice in your head of diet culture, like whatever it is, just what are like two or three tips, tricks that helped you along the way? Um, because I'm sure like somebody will take one of them and it'll make drastic improvements like it's just always worth sharing these little things that work for us
0: yeah absolutely i always say to start with unlearning
1: Mm. that's
0: that's where it starts is figuring out okay what are the things that i've been told about food about my body about how i'm supposed to move all the shoulds that are accumulated in your brain identify where you learned them identify What they were trying to likely sell you when you learned them was it their book was it their program this applies to like wellness just as much as it applies to like, you know, traditional diet culture weight loss like what are they trying to sell you. And then from there, just start breaking those dang rules recognize like okay I was sold this message it's not true how can I do something different here? Maybe that means you decide to give yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods overnight. That's great, but that doesn't have to be how it is, right? You can just start to unlearn these things, open your mind, because usually we are like, we have tunnel vision when we're stuck in diet culture, wellness culture, whatever it is. And ultimately, maybe you can start to bring in, especially not so much diet culture, but especially wellness. I always say like there's a time and place for some of these things to be utilized in a way that is healthy for us, mind, body, soul, Um, Mm -hmm. but not if you're in this like super hyper fixated, maybe it's orthorexia, whatever you're struggling with. It can't be used in that way in that moment. So allow yourself to distance yourself from it, knowing that it's always going to be there, right? You can always add back in the things you're like, you know what, this aspect of wellness really did improve my way of being like, I'm going to reintroduce this into my life in a way that is not obsessive. Uh, That's always there. That's always available. So start with just unlearning all the BS and then start to figure out, okay, how am I now going to live my life without this BS? And then what might I bring back in? So that's like, especially in the context of wellness, that's probably my greatest, um, more tangible, practical tip. And then The other one, and this is what I live and breathe by, is self-compassion. Self-compassion times a thousand. There's no perfect way to unlearn diet culture. There's no perfect way to eat. There's no perfect way to show up. There's no perfect way to be in the world. Um, Being human is going to involve a lot of joy. It's going to involve a lot of pain. It's going to enjoy, I mean, it's going to involve a lot of um, overwhelm and confusion and Just allow yourself to be along for that ride and you're going to mess up and uh, your inner critic is going to get loud and the way you respond to it matters. So all of that, all of that good, good self-compassion. Love that. And I,
1: that unlearning aspect is just so like, it's so true. I mean, I just, I, the moment you were saying that I was thinking of all the things that I, for the longest time, just believed we're religion, you know, like I, I, should, I, I am doing this. I have to do this. And if I don't shit, you know, shit's hitting the fan. It's not going to be well, I'm going to like mentally spiral. Exactly. And when I like started to unlearn that, whether it was through listening to like different viewpoints and realizing like, sounds like nobody truly knows what's best. So I'm going to find what's best for me, whatever, like exactly. entirely being like, you know what? I don't like intermittent fasting. I'm not going to do it actually. like it, it, yeah. it, And also though, as you said, like knowing you can always go back to it because it, I mean, right. It's, it's also, that's part of the entire struggle. I feel in this realm is like the extremism of like, you're either in or you're out or you're doing it or you're not, or you're on the wagon or you're off the wagon. It's like, no, like you can experiment, you can test, you can flow, you can still enjoy your salads and then go out and eat whatever else you want. And at the end of the day, always know that like you do enjoy salad or maybe you don't. I don't like salads. I've discovered that after the years. Like It's just like, I think that permission to, as you said, unlearn, try new things, come back to it if you truly do miss it or if you truly do think it makes you feel better. Um, And then the self-compassion piece, like, oof, I mean, even like when it comes to mental emotional well-being with, you know, whether it's ADHD or just normal-ish everyday occurrences like. The self-compassion piece is so huge. And I guess, do you have any, like, um, have you, like, read any book? Do you have any, like, resources in that regards for the self-compassion piece? Because I know that is, like, a tricky one. Or do you just have, like, any personal things you do for yourself if you're just having one of those days where you're just, like, beating yourself
0: up, whether it's, you know, body, mind, soul related? Yeah, absolutely. Anything by Kristen Neff, who has done the most research on self-compassion. Pretty sure her book is just called self-compassion, her website has so many free resources on it, like meditations and just many, like, I think she calls them self-compassion breaks. I freaking love them. They're so cool. Uh, So that's the main resource that I highly recommend everyone check out. And then when it comes to me, my personal favorite self-compassion practice is simply, yeah, how I talk to myself, how I talk to myself and cultivating that relationship with myself has been a huge work in progress. But when you ha- are having those days where you're just beating yourself up, notice when it's happening, it's going to happen. Like we're human beings. Like we're going to say like, oh, you piece of shit. What are you doing? Like I immediately catch that. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't so nice. Like, how can I, how can I reframe this? Like, yeah, this is really hard. Like what I'm experiencing right now is really hard. It's not about toxic positivity. It's not about trying to reframe it to try to see the positive side. It's about self-validation and recognizing like, yeah what's happening right now is really confusing and frustrating. And you know what? We're going to figure it out. Maybe we're going to take a deep breath. Maybe we're going to, you know, drink some water, but it's going to get figured out. Life's going to go on and we're going to be fine. Like that's, that's exactly what goes on in my brain. Like to a T I just talk to myself all the time in my head, sometimes out loud.
1: Oh yeah. I'm a big proponent for talking out loud to yourself. Yeah, same. <laughs>
0: I'm all the time I'm like I'm sad.
1: <laughs> I am or like this is amazing. It, like whatever, I just I talk to myself, commentary to myself, 24/7. Yes. Um, I love that, especially when I have cats. Like I, I love my cats, and my dog, and they always they're getting commentary from me all the damn time. So <laughs> talking out loud really helps helps you like really feel through what you're feeling saying. Um, but all that being said, this has been such an amazing conversation. Zoom's going to kick us out because I've once again forgot to update. <laughs> um, so where can people find you? Where can they connect? Learn more. Um, you're just you're an amazing person. And so let's let's get everyone to connect with you.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh people can connect with me on Instagram at live as you wellness and on my website, liveasyouwellness.com. Those are like the two big places.